0: What's going on 1130, how you guys doing? Y'all ready to blow some stuff up? (laughs) Y'all ready for 4th of July? Happy 4th of July weekend. Welcome to Coastal Community Church. My name is Josh. I am the location pastor right here in Parkland. And man, if you haven't noticed, there's a lot going on here. Like we we've shut some stuff down, but we've got like our coffee truck out there, and we've got some some things happening out north. I don't know if you uh, saw any of that. It's it's not obvious at all, but man, it's exciting to be at Coastal in this season. I I truly believe that what is happening here is special, and I wouldn't want to be anywhere else uh, in life. So I'm I'm really really honored to be here. I want to I want to give honor where it's due as well. I, I want to honor our pastors T J and Shayla. Uh, man, I I would not be the person that I am today without their leadership I, I I love the fact that we can do life alongside of them and, and, and ministry uh, under their leadership and and they've just they 've just got no really no quit in them i think I think Susie said that last week and, and it 's so so true uh, you know Pastor Tj a couple of weeks ago said, you know just don't stop now. I feel like, I feel like that may have been the first time you've heard that, but but i 've been hearing it for the past eight years, and it's just it 's just all about who they are. And, and what God is doing in and through them in this church. And so let's, let's honor them one more time. If we can do that. Thank you guys so much. Um, I also don't do this enough, but I wanna honor my wife. She's on the front row. Um, her name is Andrea and, and babe, I love you. Uh, you are the, the best blessing in my life and, and most of the time you are the Holy Spirit uh, in my life. Uh, she's like, hey, maybe, maybe we'll think about it this, a little bit different this way. And I'm just like, yeah, you're probably right, honestly. She has the gift of compassion, naturally. Um, I received the gift of compassion from her. Uh, so uh, I love just everything that God's building in, in our family. And I, and I wouldn't want to do this with anybody else but you. So I love you. I honor you. Thank you for, for being here this weekend. And um, hey, I want to show you a picture of my family as well. If you don't know us, uh, this, is, this is our family. And yeah, they look good. They look very good. (laughs) So we got Marshall, James, Ember, and Nevaeh, and it's just uh, just incredible to watch them grow up, and and honored to be their dad, and and just excited about what God is doing in them, and 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 wouldn't couldn't imagine them in a better church, and and if your kids are here in this church, like man, they're so blessed. Like you have no idea how fortunate it is for kids to grow up in a place like this. And um, hey, I see a lot of uh, just just we're, we're, if you don't mind, if you could just scoot in a little bit. I, I know families are kind of coming in. We're making room, and and so if you. Don't don't mind, just kind of scoot in for me. Um, but I want to also honor our dream team. Um, while while if you look around this room, there are so many uh, people that that serve on this team, and and I just want to give it up for our dream team. Can, can we can we do that? Can we honor our dream team, the people that make church happen, that sacrifice that. That come on Fourth of July weekend. You you could be doing a lot of other stuff, and, and and I don't think it's I don't think you're here by accident. And and I just I just so appreciate every one of you that that chooses to serve here. And uh, and I hear a lot of people say as well that it's 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 life giving. And I think serving should be life giving. Um, I think you should walk away from the re- the weekend inspired and encouraged. And so hopefully you're gonna get some of that today. But what I want to talk about today, um, just on the front end, I, I want you to know that this comes from um, not an easy place. Most good stories don't come out of like just easy times, right? Like they, they come out of uncomfortable moments, they come out of pain and this has just been a tough season um, for me personally um, and over the last couple of years our family has gone through a lot. How many, how many of y'all have gone through a lot in the last couple of years? Yeah, it's no denying that we've all been through a, a little bit of a, a tough season uh, but this to me personally is, is, is something that I've, I don't want you to hear me say that I have this figured out. I do not. Um, I, I think a lot of times you watch somebody get up here thinking, "Man, they, they must have this feet." No, I don't. I don't. I'm clueless, y'all. I'm still. I'm just working through it. Um, and so I, I think that's. I think that's the perfect time to share what God's doing in your life, right? Um, and so I, I want you to understand that this this doesn't come from a place of me having all this figured out. It comes from a place of like, "Man, I'm working through it. God's doing something in me, something new in me. He's teaching me some things." So hopefully you can relate because what I want to talk about today is tests. How many of y'all like tests? Not a single person has raised their hand all weekend. My plan has worked. Um, so, so I don't like tests. I'm not a good test taker. How, well, let, let's, let's level it a little bit. How many of y'all are naturally good test takers? Okay, so a few of you. Maybe that's the question I should have been asking all weekend, but, but, but I'm not naturally a good test taker. And I remember there was this test in high school. It's called the ACT, right? How many of y'all took the ACT? Okay, SAT. Who? Am I? Where my SAT? People? I never took that. That was like too many, too many things. Um, so, so I remember taking the ACT, preparing, and and just you know, you got to pay for that test too. I'm like, what is, what is the deal with us? I mean, this should be free. Um, but I remember taking the ACT, and 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 you know, you kind of go in like thinking, man, I'm I'm good. Like I'm gonna, this, we're we're fine. I got a 17 out of 36. Um, yeah, laugh, laugh it <laughs> up. Like I mean, it's funny, right? Like. I, I went in totally confident, thinking like, man, I'm going to kill this. And I come out, I'm like, that's an F. Like, that is like, that is a great letter F. And so uh, I was like, you know what? That's fine. We'll try again. No problem. Um, I'm, I'm resilient. Um, and the next time I got a 19. So we're moving up. We're moving. we just, just two, just two points. And so thank you. And, and so I, I remember like thinking, okay, I'm going to give it one more try I'm going to do great. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into, like, the best schools. And, like, you know, that's kind of the whole point of these things. And so um, I got a 22. So we went up from two to three. I mean, we're, we're moving, y'all. And, and I just settled. I was like, you know what? Like, we're done. Like, I, I was not going to get, like, I, I don't know why we're even going. You know, so, uh, by the way, my wife got a 32 her first time. So what you do when you, when you don't do well on the test is you find somebody who did do well on the test. And you lock arms with them, and that's why she handles it. Yeah, give it up for her. She's smart. So, so tests to me are are are, are they're difficult. Um, I, I don't I don't typically naturally uh, come upon a test and think, man, this is going to be a great time and we're going to have fun. And um, but I remember a, another test in life that it's a little bit different. It's uh, your first job. How many of you guys remember your first job? Let's, shout, let's, let's hear some. Let's, let's share a little bit. Like, shout out your first job. Dunkin Babysitting Dunkin' Donuts, my man. Who else? Yeah, Domino's. Okay, a lot of food. Okay. So, so my first job was on a place called Jack's Ranch. And Jack's Ranch was this former... Ha, 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 very funny. I'm from Arkansas. Hilarious. <laughs> Listen, we work hard in Arkansas. Come on. So... so I, I remember my parents, my parents were smart, by the way. You give your kid, like, a, a, like a difficult job, like, they're going to come out just fine. So find something that they're going to sweat, they're going to they're gonna learn some things. And so my parents were like, hey, we got you this job, it's on a ranch. I'm like, you got to be kidding me right now. Dude, look at me. Like, I was probably 90 pounds soaking wet when I took this job. Like, I, I, there's no, I have no business. I had long hair. I had really long hair, y'all. And, and so, so I, I show up to this job, um, Is a former Walmart CEO named Jack Shoemaker, and he had this ranch. Um, it's about 500 acres at this one location I was going at. And, and so I show up, I'm in work boots, jeans, t-shirt, like, you know, I'm just like, I don't know what we're doing. Like, uh, there was no job description. just like, hey, you're going to go do this. Yes, ma'am. Okay, so, so I show up and this guy named Mike pulls up in this white pickup truck. It's like 7.30 in the morning and he goes, all right, you ready to go? I'm like, what? Okay, yeah, sure. Like, I guess, like, what, what are we doing? He's like, well, we're about to find out. I'm like, okay. And so we, we, get, we jump in his truck. We drive probably 10 minutes. And, and now we are out in the middle of nowhere. Like there is no, there's no, I, I couldn't get back if I wanted to. And, and I don't have a cell phone. Like this is not, this is pre-iPhone. Like, so it's not like you can jump on there and be like, where's Siri? Where is, how do I get out of here? They don't know. Like, so, so I, 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 I pull up to this barbed wire fence with this guy. And he goes, you know how to take down barbed wire fence, son? And I was like, oh, man, I bet it's easier than than, than, taking, and, than putting it up. And he was like, okay. And then he was like, kind of like, man, this kid's clueless. And so he showed me like, hey, we're going to take the fence down. And, and, and this fence goes for miles. Like there is no end in sight. So I'm like, this fence? Is there going to be a different fence? Like what, what are we doing? And he's like, no, just focus on this fence. And so he kind of showed me like there's a method, you gotta kinda roll it on your leg and you gotta kinda like there's a there's a method to the madness. And and so he leaves, right? He's like, oh I'll pick you up at lunchtime, like cool, when when is that? Like we don't know. What, like <laughs> we don't know when anything is happening at this job. And so so I, I he leaves and and I'm kind of like getting my bearings and, and kinda like I had like an MP3 player and just like I'm like by myself and I realize I have no gloves yeah, no gloves and we're taking down barbed wire. I don't know if you've ever like just even touched barbed wire. Like it's it's like, it's very like uncomfortable. And so I I literally like all day, I'm just getting thrashed. Like I had cuts across my stomach. I had my arms were all cut up. I had a gash in my leg from where I was rolling the barbed wire. And I just had this moment where I was like, man, like this is, this is a big test. Like, I'm failing the test. Like, I came ill-prepared. I have no idea what I'm doing, and there is no end in sight. That is not the type of test you want to be in. And, and it just got me thinking, like, man, if, if I've been through some tests in my life, you probably have too. And so what I want to look at is this story in the Bible uh, that's found in Exodus uh, chapter 15, verses 22 through 27. And I want to give you a little bit of a, a historical context as to what's happening, because this we're picking up with uh, the character of Moses. Uh, you, you guys know who Moses is, right? He parted the Red Sea. So so kind of where we're coming from is, for those of you who don't know, uh, the, the children of Israel were enslaved for hundreds of years in a place called Egypt. And Egypt was known for the, the mistreatment of people. I mean, they, they had these people in slavery. They had these people in bondage and, and were just making them work and work and work. And, and what, what God wanted to do is he wanted to set his people free, but he had to use somebody. So he, he called yeah. Moses and Moses was able to lead his people out of Egypt through the Red Sea. God parted the Red Sea through Moses' obedience. And where we're going to pick up is their, kind of their first big test right after they've experienced this incredible mass exodus and freedom in life. And so I want to show you a map just to kind of give you a picture of what's going on. So here's Egypt. And now we've, we've, come, we've come out of Egypt. We've crossed the Red Sea. Now we're in the wilderness of Shur. And we get to this place called Mara. And, and before we kind of move on, I, I want to just step back a little bit. Because when I saw this map, I was like, man, this is kind of a lot like life. Yeah. Lots of like, like like where God wanted to take them was over here. And we just kind of did one of these. And, and I'm just sitting here going, man, that's kind of like parenting. Yeah. Right? Like Like, think about that, parents. Like, you're trying to just take your kids on a simple trip. Yeah. And... Man, they just can't hang, can they? It's like, hey, I've made, I've made a plan. If you'll just trust me, we will get there. But of course, there's always detours. And, and what I've just learned with kids and trips is just kind of lower your expectations just a little bit. Like, it's not gonna go your way completely. Not everything is gonna be perfect. We actually just got back from a trip to Arkansas to visit some family. And man, let me tell you, there were some moments where I was like, this is not what we had planned. Like, I did not plan for this. Like, my, my wife, day one, I didn't share this with any of their service, so 1130, you're getting everything. But my wife, day one, dislocates one of her toes. And I'm like, how do, this is day, we haven't been here 12 hours. Like, what is going on? One of my kids threw up, another one got sick and had a fever. I was just like, what is happening? And I just wonder, like, isn't that kind of like life? Like, God is trying to take his kids somewhere. And they just can't hang. I mean, man, like if, if we would just learn some things about what God wants to do in our life and we would just be along for the ride. Like anytime we're going somewhere on a, in, in a trip, like, you know, if we're, if we're driving somewhere, I always just say, guys, be along for the ride. And they can't. Like, they're just like, no, no, sir, we will not. And I'm like, man, okay. Well, so, so that's where we're kind of at in, in this story is like they've come upon kind of the first big test out of Egypt. And so what I want to read is, is these, this kind of this whole passage, and then we're going to kind of dissect it. And so it says, then Moses, starting in verse 15, Moses led the people of Israel away from the Red Sea and into the desert of Shur. For three days they walked through the desert but found no water. Then they came to a place called Mara, but the water was so bitter that they could not drink it. That is why it was named Mara. The people complained to Moses and asked, what are we going to drink? Moses prayed earnestly to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood, which he threw into the water, and the water became fit to drink. There the Lord gave them laws to live by, and there he also tested them. He, all, he said, if you will obey me completely by doing what I consider right and by keeping my commands, I will not punish you with any of the diseases that were brought on the Egyptians. I am the Lord, the one who heals you. Next, they came to Elim where the, there were 12 springs and 70 palm trees. There they camped by the water. So, so what's happening is they've just experienced the highest of highs in life, right? Like they've just been set free from hundreds of years of slavery, and, and that's, a, that's a huge moment in life. Like, think about that. If, you, if your family for generations had been enslaved, and now all of a sudden you have this freedom, that's a pretty incredible feeling, right? But throw that map up for me one more time. So, so what happens is they immediately enter the desert. Like, oh, thanks, God, like, but we're in the desert now. Like, man, that's kind of frustrating. And then they come upon this place where they think they're gonna have water, but then the water is unfit to drink. Like It's a pretty frustrating place to be, and, and, and I don't know if you've ever experienced that where, where you go from like the highest of highs in life to now you're at the lowest of lows. I know what that feels like. Maybe, maybe you just got an incredibly worrisome diagnosis. Maybe your spouse just told you, hey, I, I don't love you anymore. Maybe you've had some trouble with addiction and, and, you've, and you've relapsed. Maybe somebody just broke trust in your life and and you're trying to remedy that. I don't know what test you're in. I don't know if you just came from a test or currently in one or you're going to one. But I know that's where most of us find ourselves in life. And so what I want you to know today is, is, is God wants to help you with that. God wants to help you pass the test. I want us to be a church that passes the test in life because of God's faithfulness, not because of anything that we can do, but what God can do in and through us. And so before any of that can happen, what I know to be true is that our hearts have to be softened. And maybe you came in today and you're just in a tough place in life and your heart is in a tough spot as well. And so I, I don't want that for you. In fact, I want to pray for you before we go any further because God's word should change and transform everything about your life. So let's pray together. Lord, thank you for every single person that walked in here. I don't know if, if, these, if, if anybody in this room thought that they walked in here by accident. It's not an accident. It's not a mistake. You were here on purpose and for a purpose. And so God, I pray that this, this story and these words from your word, would change and transform us. God, soften our hearts. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. And I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to go back to verse 22. And, and what I want you to get out of this story is three practical things. Because God's word is practical. It's not just spiritual. But I also want to give you three spiritual things as well. So starting in verse 22, it says, Then Moses led the people of Israel away from the Red Sea and into the desert of Shur." For three days they walked through the desert but found no water. Then they came to a place called Mara, but the water there was so bitter that they could not drink it. That's why it was called Mara. The people complained to Moses and asked, What are we to drink? So what I want you to get out of this first section of the story is this. Instead of looking at, this, instead of looking at the test as an obstacle, we need to look at it as an opportunity. Instead of looking at the test as an obstacle... We've got to change our perspective and look at it as an opportunity. And how many times in life do we go through things and we look at them as pure obstacles, pure problems? But I want you to know that God doesn't want to waste what you're going through. In fact, He wants to use what you're going through to, to put His faithfulness and His promises on display. That's exactly what God wants to do in and through your situation in my situation. And God is the same yesterday for the Israelites as he is today for Coastal Community Church. So what I want you to see is that there's, there's this process that he's got to take his kids through. And, and what's interesting is there's this, they, they, they've just experienced this pretty incredible miracle at the Red Sea. Like, think about it. You're standing at a body of water that looks never-ending. And you're going, man, I don't know how we're going to go through this and God uses Moses puts down his staff and the waters part and they're able to walk through on dry land. And then not 3 days later are we so forgetful that we come to another body of water but yet it's undrinkable. There's still an obstacle. But yet we can be so forget can we be so forgetful in life sometimes? And so we kind of find them at this really tough place. And, and so what happens? They, they're, they're out there for three days. They're, they're, they're trying to figure out, like, what are we going to do? It's honestly kind of a cruel joke, right? Like, you get to water, finally. You're walking around the desert, and you can't even drink it. Like, that's disappointing. Like, I would be mad. And so what does Moses do? It says in verse 25, Moses prayed earnestly to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood, which he threw into the water, and the water became fit to drink. So in their worry, instead of worrying about it, what I think we need to do is we need to pray about it. Instead of worrying about it, pray about it. How many times do we just worry instead of worship? Because worry is actually just worshiping your problems, but instead we need to go before God, pray, get before Him, and go, God, I I don't know how you're gonna do what you're gonna do, but I trust you that I'm gonna do what I can do here in the natural, which is get on your knees and pray, and then I'm going to let you work supernaturally in this situation. Because honestly, this didn't really make a ton of sense. Like if you think about it, I bet Moses still had that staff from the Red Sea. Like I bet he still had it. But what's interesting is what I would have said is, hey Moses, remember that, remember that thing that you did at the Red Sea? Why don't we just do that again? Right? Like, I, like why don't we just try that thing again? Let's just, you just put it in the water and it'll probably be fit to drink, right? But that's not what happened. What happened is God said, hey, I don't want you running to old methods. I want you running to me so that I can do something new that you've never seen before. Because imagine if we had just seen God use Moses and, and to do the same thing. It doesn't really take a lot of faith in that situation, right? Because we just did something that we've already done. But what's interesting is God said, no, I'm going to do something new so that you can have faith to believe that I can do all things if you'll just trust me and in this moment I I just wonder like if you're not in that space because I know for me in the last few months like I've questioned my calling more than I ever have in my life I've, I've asked questions like man is this really what I'm supposed to be doing would it just be easier to do something else would it just be easier to just quit right now and honestly, the answer is yes. <laughs> it would be really easy to quit. Quitting is, is easy. Yeah. But one of the things that my family has as a value is that we do hard things. Yeah. Mitchells do hard things. My kids, you go ask them that, then they'll tell you, we do hard things. It's not always fun. It's definitely not easy. But I, I just wonder if that's where you're at right now. I wonder if you're in this place where Man, I just, I, I haven't relinquished the control I need to relinquish because that's what we do in life. Like we try to control things all the time. And, and so in this moment of me trying to control everything and me being super worried, I just realized that the Bible says that it's by grace through faith that you're made right with God. And what I realized is that what I felt in life was very disconnected from what I knew to be true. And that's a really uncomfortable place to be. It's a place of questioning. It's a place where you're just really confused about pretty much everything. And, 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 and I have a tendency to spiral and, and, and worry. But I, I, re- I also remembered this song that we, we sang back in the day. It says, I will speak to my fear. I will preach to my doubt. You've been faithful then, so you'll be faithful now. Yeah. Yeah. And what I just realized is faith is not the absence of doubt faith is the means to push through doubt so i don't know if you came in here with some doubt with some questions i want you to know god wants your questions and i think in this moment where we find the israelites they're really questioning like man you just got us out of this this bondage but it feels like we just got thrown back into it and so we're we're in a we're in a tough spot here and and what i what i think is so interesting is that God didn't want, just want to get his people out of Egypt, but he wanted Egypt to be out of his people completely. And so I want, there's actually a lot of science behind this, and I, I want to just read to you kind of some, some research that some scholars did. It says they, they, they discovered that the chemicals in the sap of the broken limb that Moses threw in the water was actually, it, it drew the minerals down to the bottom of the pools and left only the good water on top. However, even though the waters were now drinkable, there was still a significant amount of magnesium and calcium in the water. So the magnesium and calcium served to not only clean out their digestive system, like they've been eating an unhealthy diet at this point. They're probably malnourished. They're probably uh, dehydrated. So it not only was used as a, a remedy to cleanse them, but it was also used... To think of, I mean, they've got to go through a, a, a desert now. They've got, to, they've got to have the long journey ahead of them. And it actually was used as like an energy drink. I, I think about like, have you ever watched like, uh, what's it, Man vs. Wild or something with Bear Grylls? And they've got like that, that, that survival straw. I'm like, that would have been really helpful in this situation. Like, come on. Just, let's just get a few of those and, and, and go for it. But, but that's not what happened. God wanted to use something ordinary, like a piece of wood, that they didn't even know was going to be so useful to them and actually be used to cleanse them. And so at Mara, God provided the right medicine to both clean out their systems, but also prepare them for the incredible journey that he had ahead of them. And so I think what God's saying here is in the test, he wants to purge us of our past and prepare us for our future. He wants to purge us of our past and prepare us for our future. And the reality is if you think about what slavery would be like for, this, for, the, for these generations and generations of, of God's people, there's probably a lot of fear involved. There's probably a ton of fear because they've been mistreated for so long. They, they have this kind of generational thought process of like, man, we've been enslaved for so long. And now imagine you're all of a sudden free, but, but do you really feel free or do you physically just have freedom? Do, do, you, do you actually feel freedom inside of you and I, and I don't think they were quite there yet. I think in fact that they had carried some fear with them and that's why when they get to this point, they worry, they stress out, they try and take control of the situation and that's why we need leaders in our life like Moses who, who stop and go, you know what, like no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop right here for a minute and think about this because it, it was so important that he prayed earnestly and we'll get, we'll get to that. But it goes on to say in verse 25, there the Lord gave them laws to live by, and there he also tested them. He said, if you obey me completely by doing what I consider right, and by keeping my commands, I will not punish you with any of these diseases that I brought on the Egyptians. I am the Lord, the one who heals you. And then next they came to Elim where there were 12 springs and 70 palm trees, and there they camped by the water. What God is saying in this passage for us today is that we don't have to carry our past fear, our past mistakes, our past regrets, our past, our past hurt. We don't have to carry any of that into the future. God wants you to leave all that behind. He wants to purge you of your past so he can prepare you for your future. Just think about carrying all of that. That's, that's some heavy stuff. But God doesn't want you to carry that in the next season of your life. It's not useful. He wants to give you new ways and new things to follow. And I watch people go through life just carrying stuff from their past, whether it's from their family, whether it's an addiction, whether it's a mindset, whatever it may be. Proverbs puts it like this Proverbs 15, 10, it says, It's a school of hard knocks for those who leave God's path, a dead end street for those who hate God's rules. And man, I just watch people struggle on a daily basis and wonder why in the world they struggle because they, they're not following God's ways. God doesn't want to restrict you. I don't know if you knew this about. God's commands and God's, God's ways is they're not meant to be restrictions. They're meant to set you free. He wants you to experience freedom in life, but you're going to have to give up some things. And I promise you that the things you're going to give up are a lifetime of hurt, a lifetime of regret, a a lifetime of guilt, because you're choosing to say, no, 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 I I know that the, 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 this is how the world wants me to live. But I'm choosing to follow God's ways because God's ways are full of promises, they're full of freedom, they're full of hope, yes. but I just don't see people understanding that very often. And maybe, maybe that's you today, and maybe you, you've never understood why God wants you to do things His way, and we'll, we'll, we'll discover more of that here in a minute. But God's promises to His people were to restore them not just physically, but also emotionally and spiritually spiritually. And we don't have to fear what's in our past. And and just some of the physical implications are practicing daily habits and disciplines made a real medical difference to them. Remember, they had been living in a culture that was extremely unhealthy. And man, think about our culture today. It's not very healthy. We're so plagued by not only physical things, but but spiritual things as well. And the spiritual implications for, for God's children were they were free from a tremendous amount of stress and anxiety and the miracle that happened when they were set free was connected to a promise. And from now on, the Israelites, when they would obey God's commands, they would experience true freedom. And so what I want you to know is this. You can experience freedom through the power of Jesus in your life. If you would just trust him. And, and, and I know it, it can be really confusing. And and in these moments, we can be so forgetful. And and, and I'm guilty of this. I really am. You know, I've had these moments where I come upon this test and and I'm like, man, I don't don't know how I'm going to get through this. And I experienced something. I heard this pastor call it temporary atheism. Yeah, we'll say that one more time. Temporary atheism. What that means is for a moment, you totally forget that God is ever present and exists in your life. And it's, and it's a painful place to be. But honestly, what we need to do in those moments of forgetfulness, it's something that my, my kid's teacher actually said to them, it caught my ear one day. I heard her say, you need to remember your resources. In the test, you need to remember your resources. Well, what, what are those resources? Like I don't want to show up to another test without any gloves. <laughs> It's uncomfortable. I got cut up. I was bleeding everywhere. And maybe that's how you came in today. Maybe you came in here feeling like you've been cut up, you've been dragged through the mud, that you're in the desert, you're in the wilderness. Whatever season of life that you're in, you got to remember your resources. So what does that look like? We, We talk about this all the time. 15 minutes of Bible reading, at least. Five minutes of prayer and five minutes of worship. Like, if we would just start our day this way, imagine the difference that it could make. But I think so many of us jump into our day thinking like, I've got this, and you don't. Let's just be honest, like, you don't got this. I definitely don't. I mean, I I got four kids around me all the time, and we're just trying to figure out what we're doing all the time. And I can only, I mean, I have four, Moses had thousands of people. And I just wonder that, if that's me, that's probably you too. So we've got to, in the test, remember our resources. And if we remember those resources, when the test comes, we'll remember that the obstacle is the opportunity. We'll be reminded that God wants to purge us of our past to prepare us for our future. And then number three, your test leads to a testimony. Like think about all the bad days that you've had in life. They're actually pretty good stories, aren't they? Like I tell my wife all the time, when we're when you know when we're going through it, and we have a bad day, or one of, you know one of our kids is giving giving us a hard time, and we love them, but <laughs> struggle bust y'all. But I, I just I, in the in that moment, I, I just I always I, we always kind of look at each other and go, man, this is going to be a good story in about three weeks. It really is. God doesn't want to waste your story. God realizes that what you're going through is hard. It's challenging, but it's not for nothing. Your story is not wasted. In fact, it's very useful. And I think what the children of Israel were experiencing in this moment was just some forgetfulness. And, and that's not what I want for our church. I want us to pass the test. I want us to make sure that we're doing and, and being reminded of what James 1, 2 through 3 says. I, I, I love this, this version of this passage is a little bit different. It says, my friends, consider yourselves fortunate when all kinds of trials or tests come your way. For you know that when your faith succeeds in facing such trials, the result is the ability to endure. I love that, that, that phrase at the end, the ability to endure. Because honestly, I look around our world, and the ability to endure is a skill that a lot of people don't have right now. The ability to endure only comes when we've trusted God time and time again, as we've come upon another test and another test. And listen, they're coming. The tests are coming. And you might feel like you're, you're in a breakdown moment right now. But let me encourage you. Will you guys throw that, that map up on the screen again? So I, I don't know if you noticed. Here's Mara. And where are they going? They're going to Elim which was a place of refreshing. It actually says there were, there were 12 wells and 70 palm trees. They basically just drove down to South Florida. <laughs> but they're so close together. Isn't that interesting? Right on the other side of your breakdown in life, God has a breakthrough moment for you. But that, that moment doesn't come... If we don't trust him. And I, and I just see a lot of people's inability to endure look like, hey, I, instead of going through this test, I want to go around it. And how many of y'all know that when you try and avoid a test in life, you just end up in another one? St- like, you just try and go around it. It's like, well, there's still tests there. And I just watch people with this inability to endure. And I want our church to be the healthiest church in South Florida and that's going to take an ability to endure that comes only by the power of Jesus Christ in your life. It says when they came to Elim, there were 12 wells of water and, and 70 palm trees. God took them into a season of refreshing. Yes. And I truly believe that God wants to refresh you today. And we're going to give you an opportunity to experience what that looks like in your life. And, and what I also thought was interesting about this story is that at Elim... There was no new revelation of God. It was a season of refreshing because they finally got to that that kind of mountaintop moment again in life. But what I've experienced about mountaintop moments in life is that things rarely grow on mountaintops, things thrive in valleys. Things thrive in seasons of pain because you're learning something. God is growing something new in you. He's not using an old method. He's doing something new in you. But it requires us to trust. And, and if you're here today, I want to remind you of something that James, or sorry, in John sixteen thirty three says that we can take courage because Jesus has overcome the world. He's overcome the test. And I think if Jesus overcame the test, we're called to overcome the test as well. But it's only through Jesus that we can do that. It says in Romans 8.28, it says that we can be confident that we will not that, that God will not withhold us from anything necessary for our eternal good. So if you walked in here today, I don't know what lies you've been fed about God and how He feels about you, but I want you to know that God sees you, God knows you, and most importantly, God loves you. And He knows that the test that you're going through is difficult. But just like any good father, he wants to help you through that test. So how do we pass the test? This is the most important thing in this passage. Verse 25a, it says, Moses prayed earnestly to the Lord. And maybe you don't know what that looks like. Maybe you've never prayed before in your life. It's just, a, it's, a, it's a conversation. But it also, when we go before God, this word earnestly Literally translated, it means to cry out to God. So what does that look like? Maybe, maybe you've never done that. And, and I would say it starts with a posture like this. Where we get on our knees and we realize, I don't have control of this situation. There's not a whole lot I can do here. If the water's undrinkable, I'm going to need somebody to come in supernaturally and, and, and remedy this. I don't know where you're at today. I can imagine that some of you are either going through a test, you just came out of one, or you're headed straight for one. That's kind of where we all find ourselves in life. But I can imagine that a lot of us don't surrender like this. And I think God is calling us as Coastal Community Church to be a people that humble themselves before the Lord with open hands and full surrender and just go, God, you take control. We've tried to control it for so long. God, you take control. And relinquishing control is hard. I'm not saying it's not. I'm acknowledging that it very much is hard to relinquish control. But guess what? You're not in control, God is. So, let's be a people, church, that that pray earnestly before the Lord, that start our day remembering our resources and just go, God, I surrender to you today. Would you guys bow your heads and pray with me? God, thank you so much for what you're doing in and through us. And, and God, thank you for the tests that we are in. I know that's weird to say, but James reminds us, consider it a joy. Consider yourself fortunate that you're in a test and, and one of the things I learned in this story that's honestly pretty incredible because every story whispers the name of Jesus. The piece of wood that Moses threw in that water was not just any ordinary piece of wood. I, I, it, it definitely did things for their health and that's important. But that piece of wood was actually a foretelling of the cross of Jesus Christ. If you think about what that piece of wood did, it took away the bitterness of the water so that they could drink it, so that they would be refreshed. What Jesus did on the cross is exactly that. He took away the bitterness of this world. He took away the pain of death so that we wouldn't have to experience death on a cross. He took away the bitterness of this world so that you and I could thrive, so that you, can, you and I could have hope, so that you and I could experience freedom that's found only in the name of Jesus. He made death a doorway to an eternal, lasting relationship with the creator of the universe, the one who loves you, the God that sees you, that knows you, and that loves you. maybe you're here today and you don't know this Jesus that we're talking about. I'd love the opportunity to introduce him to you. And I'm not talking about rules. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about a relationship with the creator of the universe who loved you so much that he sent his one and only son to die for you, a sinner's death, a a death that you and I could never pay. So if that's you here today and you want to make Jesus Lord and Savior of your life, if you'll just slip up your hand on the count of three, I'd love to pray with you. One, two, three. Go ahead and slip up your hand. Maybe you're watching online. love to pray with you. Anybody else? I see you. Thank you. If you'll just pray this prayer in your heart as I pray it out loud, say, Jesus, I ask you to come into my life and change me from the inside out. I recognize that I'm not perfect, that I don't have it figured out, but I'm going to trust you in the tests today I make you my Lord and my Savior. I ask you to come in, change, and transform every part of my life. Holy Spirit, I ask you to lead, guide, and direct every step that I take through this journey of life. God, I surrender to you. I thank you for the freedom that is only found in you, Jesus. We love you. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.